Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggy's.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a fun milestone episode 150 last week where Ryan and I came on and talked about the Kings and the NBA one week into the season. So we're back again tonight. Can't wait to talk. If you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my post today, as always, Ryan. Was good. What is going on? Kings got the win last night. I'll just say that because it was a you know a little little uh, losing streak to start the season, pretty much. You know. Um, so it's been a little rough around Kingsland, man. The posts have been depressing. The uh, you know I've been listening to the drive with our guy uh, Whitey Gleason and then Kyle Draper. But listening on the way home, and it's kind of been depressing. You know, they're everybody seems like a little down in the dumps. Kyle Draper's been a little positive, but you know our guy Whitey over there is kind of starting to question the layout of the lineup. But uh, you know, got the win last night on a game that they needed to win. So, yeah, man, it's, you know, kind of, you know, me and you are texting back and forth to start the season with, you know, like we do every day for the games and stuff. And we've been saying Kangs to each other a lot. So, fucking Kangs. That's how I'm feeling right now, if you guys can't tell. Well, to get into, to unpack, unfortunately, not always, not the most uh, positive shit, but whatever, man. That's what we're here to talk. And uh, with things going on, it's more topics and for things for these things for us to talk about because i'm with you i'm, I'm scrolling through the kingsland post I'll, we'll have to go through these bro i, I we'll have to read some posts uh, some of the irrationality going on there kingsland this early in the season but um yeah probably a, a lot to talk about the king's front for sure but before we do so ryan uh, i got something for us as always i have the bet online ad read man best time of the year as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks to bet so if you're not doing so Listen to the ad. Get get involved. Uh, the last of major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, with both desktop and mobile access anytime. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use the promo code Believe for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts um not a lot of betting for me that, well no i did some nfl cleanup this weekend ryan i hedged a big bet um and watched it, a big one out it was going to be a big win but my bucks blew it for me so i ended up cleaning up i haven't bet a lot of basketball i, I haven't really felt too comfortable betting basketball this early in the season um and i so i don't know i'm sure you've been placing them what do you what are you at with the, your action so I talked about the live bets with the Kings game, that Kings Lakers game that went into OT. I got raped last week, dude, big time. Uh, I bet both both games, Kings Rockets. Um, just you know, based off of it's the Rockets, right? And I was really confident. What was that Sunday? What game was that second Rockets game where they just got obliterated? I was really confident on that game. I was like, dude, it was Monday. Monday. You know, I was really confident. I'm like, all right, they're going to bounce back, man. Like, the Rockets, they're talented, but an inexperienced team. Sacramento's not going to drop that many in a row in a, you know, back-to-back games in Houston. And it fucking killed me. So, I'm staying away. I'm, I'm like you said, I'm going to hedge all my bets, man, and make all my money back on Sunday with that football. Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, before I get to the player, uh, you brought up Whitey Gleason. I haven't, I haven't listened to their new show yet. It's uh, good. He, he does it's a really draper. Good. Yeah, it's him and Draper, dude. And, you know, we're big fans of Draper, too. He's, like, one of the 
one of the only guys in like actual Kings media that, that we're fans of. And then we've been fans of Whitey since, you know, the rise guys back. How, how many fucking years was that? Over 20, dude. you know, over 20 years ago. So, um, big fan of the big fan of the show. I, it's perfect. Cause it's on my drive home from work and it's not just basketball. You know, obviously I'm a Niner fan and you know, 1140 took over the Niners since, since uh, the Raiders moved to Vegas. So, you know, you get some insight on that, and and Draper's actually Eagles fan, dude. It's actually pretty funny, um, but I, I'm a big fan of it, dude. I've listened to it for the last couple of weeks, man, and you you should really give it a try. It's a little different than, you know, that morning show with that one guy. So, uh, it, it's cool, man. I really like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to do that. And that's what I bring up because man, the Rise guys back in the day. For those of you who were like, uh, um, like younger, you know, like early two thousands, early King's Day Day. You know, we talked about it on the show before. Ryan and I didn't have cable early, early part of our life, like we're kids like that. And so we used to just stay. We used to wake up and listen to the Rise Guys, and uh, listen to a lot of those old school shows and play video games and shit. So I'll have to check that out because I, I haven't yet. But it's funny how you're like, it's perfect for me, man. It's on my drive home, dude. They got you hook, line, and sinker, bro. It's called the drive. You know what I mean? It's for a reason. And so they, yeah, the they, drive. Yeah, yeah. So the, the marketing just makes sense. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, good market. I didn't even think about that. I'm a freaking idiot. But, you know, to my defense, I wake up really early. Uh, and when I'm driving home, my, my mind is just gone. And I'm listening to Whitey and, and Kyle Draper argue about the Eagles and shit. And it's, it, was, it was a good week because, you know, that Eagles, Eagles Cowboys this week. So, you know, Draper was, was loving his shit with the Eagles. But it's cool, man. They're, they're realistic. They, you know, it's what you would expect it to be. Yeah, Whitey Gleason in, in the Phantom back in the day. Uh, well, yeah, that was just, that was his best, dude. Um, all right, so before we get too down the road, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, you've been listening for a while, this is where I break in some of the banter to Ryan with a trivia player from a player of our past. So what I do is I give Ryan a player on their bio, and he guesses the player and who they are. This is a tough one this week, Ryan. Okay? If you get, if you really little, get this, I'm on a streak right now. Yeah, you're on a streak, and I had to come, you know, with, with come correct. All right. So uh, this player right now, okay, he's actually a coach. So I got to scroll down a little bit. He was a first round pick, 28th overall in 1999 by the Utah Jazz. He's a power forward. I, I thought he was a small forward for what it's worth. So I'll give you that. But he's listed as power forward here on his bio. Uh, 99 to 03, Utah Jazz. 03 to 05, Houston Rockets. 05 to 06, New Jersey Nets. 06 to 07, Rockets in 2007. Grizzlies. Um, let's see. Professional stats. I got to pull up if you don't know. It was the scoring stats were not great. You're going to remember mostly from the, from the Houston team. He was a he was a bench player. He may, he may have started a little bit. I can see, but you'll know him mostly from Houston. Um, and he was pretty notable wing, dude. Um, if you want, it's pretty much Utah, Houston. You're if you think like Houston in 03 to 05. Small forward. It's a tough one. I told you it's a tough one this week. And you're, and you're not you're not going to tell me it's college, huh? Oh, you want to know it's college? I'm sorry about that. I usually do read that. Uh, Kentucky, yeah. ni- Kentucky, ninety four to ninety nine. Ninety four to ninety nine. That's hell of years, dude. Yeah. If, hey, man, he is, told his mom he's going to get it. He's going to get a college degree. You know? Fuck, dude. I I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to produce a name. Yeah. You're gonna when I tell Holy you, you're shit. gonna, you're gonna be like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I know, I know. Drafted by Utah Rockets. Who was the other team besides the Rockets? Uh, New Jersey Nets. Yeah, playing Nets. Oh five to six. If you don't got one, got to read it. I, I mean, he wasn't here's a, a small here's forward, a hint. But... Here's a hint. Three point specialist. All right, for the listeners, I'm gonna go ahead and read it. Holy shit, dude! This is bad. I've never not produced a name. Go ahead, Scott Paget. Fucking mother! God damn it! I should have got that. Okay, yeah. All right, whatever. It is what it is. Damn. Good one, huh? Good pool, man. That yeah, was a good pool. Fuck. And Scott Pat Scott Paget on Utah. And I don't remember that. What yeah. I'm gonna say is, I throw random white obscure players almost every time on accident. It's, it's subconscious. But I got you with one this week. Because so they're so forgettable, man. And they're so forgettable, dude. They just all look the same. I know. Every time I go look at old <laughs> rosters, I'm like, who should I pull? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, Scott Padgett. White Damn, guy. Scott Padgett. Who's Chris he coach Mim, for? White guy. You know, uh, he coaches in the SEC. Mississippi State. He's coaching Mississippi State right now. So. Okay. Um, yeah, you can't, throw Chris, look, you can't throw Chris Mim in there. I'll get that one every time, dude. Yeah. Fucking Texas. Yeah. 
Wally Serbia, I can't place. All right, man, let's get into let's get into the Kings talk. All right, so uh, we, when we came in, let's lay, let's lay the the land of the King of Kingsland right now because it, it ain't that great, Ryan. I'm not gonna lie, not that lay great. the vibe. What's yeah. what's the vibe, man? Read well, some the, shit. The vibe's shitty, obviously in Kingsland. Um, and I want to start. I have some, a topic that I want to throw at you when we get into it. Okay, but looking back when we recorded uh last week i'm trying to think we recorded after the Warriors game so we're looking ahead it was i don't know if it's Warriors. it was like rockets we rockets. recorded we recorded last thursday okay so then uh we were looking ahead we're like oh yeah dude the kings are gonna play the rockets you know like they'll they'll uh you know bounce back didn't work out you know one point loss to the warriors and then they just get boosted in the rockets in the first game and they get boosted by the rockets in the second game and then they squeak out one yesterday against the blazers so right now the kings have lost three of the last four and uh overall they're in the bottom of the shit so before this one i want to start the podcast episode in at ryan for myself we talked about in the season preview and last week's episode about how everybody in Kingsland just expected this progression of the Kings to just stay where they were at and elevate, whether it's certain players, but the team as a whole. And I think people set crazy expectations that were totally unrealistic. Even if De'Aaron Fox didn't get hurt and all things worked out, 55 games, 52 games, that's that's crazy. So I think a lot of the tone around Kingsland right now has to do with that. And that now that now that they have a losing record, you know, it's early in the season still, they have a losing record and someone's hurt, they're freaking the fuck out. And so some of the crazy reactions I can go over as we get in the topic, but that's what I think is going on right now. And I want to talk about that. Yeah, dude, I, I saw <laughs> I'm just gonna bring this up before I forget. So we have a we have a guy in Kingsland. What's his name, Eric? Tamaya's Catchings. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. He reappeared again. He reappeared. So, remind you, this is the guy last year that is in Kingsland and claims to be a diehard Kings fan, but in his bio photo had a Los Angeles Los Angeles Lakers hat on. Can't do right? that. So, can't do that. Can't do that, man. You know, his thing was, I like the hat. Motherfucker, you better find a fucking different hat, the same color, man. What yeah. are you doing? You know what things, I mean? Things are purple too, bro. Like you know. Yeah. So, uh, he, dude, he posted something the other day, and and I had to get off Kingsland since, and I have not been on. It's been about two days. And when you talk about overreactions, and you know how everybody's fucking feelings are pretty much in the dumps when it comes to the Kangs at the moment. Uh, he straight up fire Monty, fire Mike Brown, trade everybody. Sabonis fucking sucks. <laughs> Like, it was bad, dude. And I was like, holy shit, this is where Kingsland is at seven games into the season. I got to get the fuck out of here, right? Um, so that's just the vibe that's going around right now. And, you know, you brought it up like last week. We looked ahead at the schedule and we're like, okay, you know, we can, you know, there's some games that we should be able to win here and get on a little bit of a roll. But, it, it, you know, everything comes back to our original points when we were looking forward or the the day we recorded before the season started when we talked about health, right? And, that natural progression that everybody thought the Kings should take. Um, and we made some key points, right? The Kings were the healthiest team in the NBA last year by a large margin, you know, and, and me and you had talked about, you know, if Darren Fox or Sabonis goes down, what does this roster look like? How can they compete? Are they deep enough? Do they have enough individual scoring on the roster to, to maintain that? And the answer is no, right? So Darren Fox gets hurt. He's missed what four games now. And, Look where we're at. The sky is falling. Everybody's overreacting. And rightfully so, though, right? Coming from a team that won, what, 48 games last year? You know, and young, you know, there was there was some some upside, everybody thought, and people thought Keegan Murray's going to make the progression and Herter was going to stay hot. And, you know, Harrison Barnes gave hope again. First game of the season comes out and scores a ton. And um, it just hasn't happened. And, you know, there's there's definitely a deficit on the Sacramento Kings roster, and we'll see how they fix that going forward. But the overreactions, I understand it. Okay, I, I really do. I, I understand it. When you look at them and you watch the game, there's definitely deficiencies and, and very big ones defensively and being able to score and get your own shot. You know, really, really Keegan, or not Keegan Murray, Malik Monk's the only one on the roster when De'Aaron Fox is out that can actually do that. So, I understand where everybody's coming from, but at the end of the day, we're fucking seven games in. You need to give it till Christmas. We always talk about that. Give it till Christmas. If Christmas comes around and they're five to ten games under 500, then yes, 
let the reaction start. Start talking about blowing things up. Not blowing them up, but making moves in the starting lineup, right? Um, pretty much everybody at that point would be expendable except for Fox and Sabonis. So we'll see going forward. This team desperately needs Darren Fox to come back as soon as possible. If he misses another week, it could be disastrous. So like on, the, I think, like I said, a lot of people had these high expectations and, and that's why they're being let down. So but at the end of the day, they're, they're three and four. Is that where my yeah, Kings are three and four? Like it's seven games in like, you know, everybody's basically four and three or three and four minus a couple teams. So like I said, just t- give it some time before you panic. It, you know, we don't really do segments. We used to do segments on Kings cast, man. You know, we used to do trash take of the week and stuff like that. Uh, we don't do that anymore, but this would be a fun segment from time to time. And it's, it's, it's the takes of Kings landed. Um, someone on here said, you know, this is a crazy idea. Should we put Sabonis? Uh, I saw that as at the point when Darren Fox is out. You see that, you know, Matt, 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 our guy, Matt Mossman, dude, one yeah. of our top contributors. Yeah. He, yeah, he pointed that out. Uh, show before. So there's that, you, you know, you, you start to see uh, people targeting guys, probably rightfully so. We could talk about that. Kevin Herter, big target out there. Um, and just wacky ideas, you know, I won't, I won't call people out and read a bunch of them, but I guess I'll just say wacky ideas. Um, speaking of betting, I got two things betting. I don't know if you saw this week, Malik Monk's put a tweet out, Ryan, not, I'm not gonna lie, man, like Malik Monk, not a fan right now. He said, he doesn't care about our parlays, took that shit a little personal and Kevin Herter, but the best one, Kevin Herter retweets it and says, you know, something like along the lines of agreement. Oh dude, everybody roasted him. Everybody's roasting. They're just like, yeah, man, I, I definitely always bet the under and whatever stat you have. You know, it was a long thread. So one man, really disappointed the Kings are speaking out against my parlays. Don't like that. And then I love the reactions from the fans. It wasn't it was funny. Yeah, we, you know, we try to not criticize our hometown team, you know, but stay in your fucking lane, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> stay in your fucking lane, dude. You make millions, bro. Us peasants over here are just trying to cash in. And you know, I, the best, the best comment that I saw in there though, is somebody was like, yeah, you, like you were talking about. Yeah. We're definitely been the under every night with you, Kevin Herter shooting 21%. Like yeah. it was like, Oh fuck dude. And then another person posted his Kings muse or stats muse. Uh, graphic in there with his averages on the season. It's fucking pitiful, dude. It is, you know, and you, you can't be going on social media and making comments like that and not expecting backlash, especially when you're supposed to be a three point specialist and you do absolutely nothing besides shoot threes. And if you're not doing that, might as well not even fucking be out there. I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's hilarious. I'm, I'm actually really proud of Kingsland in this one. Cause a lot of times people, you know, you get these jerk offs that are just like, yeah, man, yeah, you know, fuck fantasy sports, fuck this. But everyone was roasting him, and and I thought it was awesome. And, and you know, what I have to say, man, it's like, don't hate on the parlays. It's all I got. It's all I got, man. It's all I got. It's all I got. It's all I got. Don't take it away from me. That's half the reason. That's half the reason I stay up late at night, man, just to make sure my bets hit before I fall asleep. You can bet the Special Olympics now. That's how crazy betting's got. So you know, you know. So if you're out here betting cricket in India, you know, weird esports in in Asia. And Special Olympics, like you know, it's that it might get out of hand right there. If you're Special Olympics parlay, you know, you know the Special Olympics thing. It's gonna be one of those things that you know there's gonna be a heavy favorites, heavy favorites. A guy that's you know minus a thousand, you know, to win the the four hundred, he ain't fucking losing. There's no upsets in the Special Olympics. You know what I mean? I I might just have to throw a lot of money down to make a you know very minimal amount, but it might be worth it, man. That's how you know. I would say, like, we talk about we're degenerates and we use it kind of like hyperbolically. But I'm telling you, man, if you come to me and you're like, bro, I cooked up a sweet five player special special Olympics parlay, it's a heater. I might have to intervene. I'm I'm gonna say that. Yeah, you know, I've seen the movie The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville, man. You know that that one guy on there that was a heavy fucking favorite. I, I can't remember his name for the life of me right now. But my guy was, you know, he was a champion in everything, dude. He, he he was, you know, training and showing up in limos to the event. So if there's one of those out there, dude, I'm fucking in. I'm sold. That's hilarious, dude. I just can't. I think it's. I think it's just amazing. Like if, but you know, I do. I have a thing. We 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 hang out. We hang out with people who don't bet. You know, and uh, we uh, we're always betting on shit. You know, uh, anything. And always we always say, Ryan, if you can bet on it, you should bet on it. Yeah. Why not? True. 
So all right, back, money don't make money. Back to the basketball Kings talk, man. All right, so you you talked about injuries, and this is something that the Kings have to prove throughout the course of a season before people start getting expectations. These lofty ones that I saw, all right, and, and and they have to make it through a season with injuries and have different rotations and be able to withstand it throughout a whole year. That's the sign of a good team. One interesting point to to prove that over the next month or so is going to be the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are the number one team in the NBA, and they're they're going to lose Jamal Murray for three to four weeks, right? And I guarantee that the Denver Nuggets are probably going to sustain success over that time because they're a legit team. They're a legit championship team at this point. And so, um, obviously, injuries hurt. However, it's part of the NBA, and you have to be able to withstand them. The unfortunate thing, if you want to talk about the lineup, which you kind of brought in, Ryan, is is that De'Aaron Fox is just such a key part based on the way that the roster's built out. So it was a bit, it was a big thing that we brought up about they don't really have a, a secondary scorer who could create their own shot, create their own scoring. And that's where we said it was going to require Keegan Murray to be that guy for the Kings. We talked about that in the opener we've talked about for a while and that's kind of what's showing right now is when you get De'Aaron Fox uh out of the lineup you basically have a bunch of dudes who float around the perimeter and a guy who just you know scores down low and gets rebounds and that's uh, they gotta find a solution to that even when Fox is playing when Fox is off the court they can find a solution to that they need it just comes down to they need a guy who can will his way to a win sometimes, right? Like every once in a while, that guy has to step up in a close game and he's got to be able to finish. And that's the problem, you know, and there's been a lot of hate on DeMontis Sabonis I've seen over the last week. And that's the, that's kind of the problem with having your second guy, your your second best player on the roster, not being a score, right? Like Sabonis isn't a score. Yeah, he averaged, what, 19 and 12 last year, but he's not a score. He's not a guy that's going to go out and get you 40 if he has to. It's just not going to, it's not how his game is. Um, so they're in desperate need of that man. And, you know, you don't want to be that guy who's talking about trades already this early, but for the Kings, in my opinion, to get past what they did last year and to advance is they, they need to go get a guy. They, they have to, that is what's holding this roster back. And, uh, you know, it, it sucks. And, you know, I, it's kind of funny though. Cause it's like, I told you so, you know what I mean? Like we, we have that all the time where like we recognize this before the season started, um, you know, and it just so happens that it came this quickly it sucks, but I wish I was wrong, but it is what it is, man. They, they got to figure something out, you know, and it, it, you brought this up earlier when we were talking on the phone, so I don't want to steal your thunder, but it was extremely disheartening and frustrating last night when you see a guy like Keon Ellis in the starting lineup, you know, and you told me this earlier, that's like one of the first things you told me when we got on the phone earlier was like, that's frustrating, and it kind of brings you back to like, fuck, we're there again. Are we the Kangs again that we're doing this shit? Like already? Um, already. That's where we're at. Keon Ellis started a basketball game last night. Seven games. It yeah. wasn't, wasn't good, by the way. People would say, well, yeah, I heard some people talking. Like, he wasn't bad. Well, motherfuckers, four points, right? Am I wrong? Four points and like four assists or something? It's like, dude, fuck, we're there again. Might as well just pull out fucking Corey Joseph again. Or, you know, my most hated Kings player of all time, Ramon Sessions. Like, holy shit, dude. So, yeah, Keon Ellis, he actually didn't even have an assist, dude. <laughs> four, four points. Was four it rebounds? rebounds. Yeah, four. Well, fuck, and, dude. And Davion Mitchell actually played more minutes. Uh, 28 minutes, 16 points. But, yes, the point is, like, we're here already, man. Like, to where that we don't have the contingency like that. Um, I think that one thing about last year with them being healthy because people would say, well, Malik Monk's the guy who can actually score like that. Because Malik Monk came in, dropped 23 yesterday, and he has games where he does that, right? And people uh, people could counter us and say, well, they kind of do have that on the roster in the form of Malik Monk. But what I would say is that Malik Monk doesn't do it consistently across a season. That's the difference. That's why Malik Monk is a is a, is a legit six man and probably could start on the Kings, but he's never he's not a twenty he's not a twenty three point a game guy every game. He's not that. And the, you can you can get away like the Kings did last year with having a bench guy, uh, you know, spot starter guy be that player when you have De'Aaron Fox in the lineup. But when you don't, or when De'Aaron Fox is taken away, you have to count on what he is a six man bench player to, to do that. And that's 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 going to be the difference throughout the season. Cause it's going to come up, man, where the people are going to get hurt Fox or not, but even when Fox is playing throughout a whole season, you're, you're basically saying Fox has to go out there and average the 31 points a, ge- a game this year 
for the Kings to do it. And that's that's just not that's a tough ask to build a roster around right now at where the Kings are at. That's just not a to me. That's a problem, especially when you have when you pay Barnes to come back. You obviously roll with Herder and then you put all these expectations like King and Murray. That's what it does. So put, you know, way back, man, we used to talk about when the Kings were sucking a couple years ago. We started the podcast, but you start to fill holes on what you need by asking guys to do things that they don't do well, that's a fucking problem. And that's what I see with the Kings roster in general right now. That's what made them successful last year, though. They played, the roster was healthy, and they were able to have all of their players play within their means, right? Like, they didn't, there wasn't a time last year where a guy was asked to go do something absolutely crazy on a consistent basis. You know, but unfortunately, that's where we're at. You know, you're having a guy like Davion Mitchell, who's having to play a ton of minutes. Keon Ellis is in the starting lineup. You know, you're you're asking, you know, Barnes and Herder and, you know, Keegan Murray, who at the end of the day is a second-year guy who's only 80 games into his career, realistically, you know, uh, to step up and have to take a, you know, all these guys are going to have to combine and, and compensate for missing 31 points per game with Deer and Fox. So it's rough, dude. It, it really is. It's It's rough. And that's not sustainable. That, that's not winning basketball. It's not sustainable. It's fine in short bursts. You know, like last year, you might get lucky and stay healthy, and it, it, it works. But at some point, man, guys are going to miss games like they already have. And if that shit's not sustainable, dude. And if this continues, you know, they, you know, Fox misses a little more time than we think. And, you know, God forbid Sabonis goes down, and next you know Christmas is around, and you've wasted almost half the season on this shit. It's not going to be good. It it is not going to be good. Um, this is this is. I like to play the box score. Let's play the box score game, man. Yesterday, even though it was a win, let's pick on it, man. You know, you got Harrison Barnes playing thirty six minutes, twelve points. Keegan Murray plays thirty one minutes, nine points, dude. And then I'll go through a couple other games. All right, let's look at these Rocket games and kind of see the same thing. Uh, Keegan Murray twenty minutes, twelve points. Harrison Barnes twenty two minutes, three points, dude. Three points. Three points. I could I could probably get three points if someone left me open and gave me a couple tries. I might be able to get three points. Um, 32 minutes for Barnes the game before. 13 points. Uh, Keegan Murray, 33 minutes, Ryan. Seven points. So you look at the last three games and you look. I'm not even going to count Herder because I already know what it's. It's more of the same. Okay. So if you look in the last three games, it kind of proves the point that you have Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes and Herter that collectively in a loss against the uh, Rocket dropped 24 points together in an average of 30 minutes between all of them. And that proves the point right there. They're really a bunch of guys who kind of stand around and pass the ball and get open shots when they're open. That's pretty much what they are right now. Even Keegan Murray. That's why the Kings are – we talked about it last week's episode. That's why the Kings are pressuring him so much and a lot of the chatter from like that you're seeing from almost like the Kings and some of the interviews and stuff. If you go watch it and listen to Mike Brown, that's why they're pressing Keegan Murray so much because they recognize it. He's the only guy who's potentially capable of doing a little bit more. The other two are not. They're not. They can't do anymore. They are what they are. So you start to ask him to do it. It's a recipe for fucking disaster. Forty percent of their roster combined to score twenty-four points. Is that correct? The three of them did against against uh, yeah. pulling up blocks. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. Jesus. Right? You know, that that's what's interesting. We do the podcast. That's more. So, what's that? 60% of your roster. Jesus. I'm going to say that. I'll say this, Ryan, for the listeners that people say, we don't, we don't, Ryan and I don't script the podcast. We don't do much. We don't really do any research, to be honest with you. We just kind of come on here, but we watch a lot and we pay attention a lot. And and for those of you who do the same, you, 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 you recognize this, but then it's interesting when you go, you, you watch a game, you think that, and then you go back to the box scores over three game period and you see it being proved in the statistics too, man. Like that's, to me, that's a that's a fucking. I didn't realize that. I didn't take time to like steer and look at the box scores until right now. I'm kind of blown away, actually. It's been bad. You know, sixty percent of your starting lineup is playing that bad. Of course, you're not fucking winning. Of course, like how how can you win with that? You know, it, it's it's bad. You know, hopefully, it's just a kind of a, a slump for these guys. You know, that you know, I keep thinking, you know, in the next week or two, Herder and Barnes and Murray are all going to catch fire at the same time. And you know the Kings can go on a little run, but well, that'll take De'Aaron Fox to come back. So let's get let's get off like the okay. We we understand there's injuries and stuff, but like, even when he even when the roster is healthy, I still think the holes kind of exist in that way. 
You know, because it just puts it puts too much pressure on Darren Fox, man. Too much pressure on him. Like, I mean, Rosie, 100%. That's why I said it's not sustainable. There's no way that's sustainable. You need a guy to score 31 a night, or you can't win. That's not sustainable at all. Who did? Who did, in the beginning of the season? Who, we said the player we're going to have to defend the most. Did I say Sabonis? I can't remember. One of us did. I said I said Sasha Vincenkov because I you know and he's getting a lot of hate too. And my whole thing was people were going to expect so much out of him, but the the adjustment from the from the Euro League to here is ridiculous. But I don't I don't remember who said it, to be honest. You might have said did I say you might have said I Sabonis. I, but if I didn't, I'll say Sabonis is going to be the guy. If we change we don't change our vote, but you know that's where it's trending right now. That's the guy who we're going to have to defend. Herder's getting the most hate in Kingsland, but as the kids say valid shit's valid bro but rightfully so yeah i'm not defending him fuck that but sabonis dude you know it, it, uh, last night dude you know drops almost triple double 20 27 11 9 it's like you're saying too about sabonis is i think people are getting caught up in thinking that he's going to be like anthony davis or Jokic. he's not Jokic. not fucking Jokic. no one's ever been Jokic. you know what i mean he he's he's he has 20 points 12 rebounds and, and a good amount of assists and then every once in a while he might go up or down a little bit but that's that's a great baseline dude you need that you know but uh i will i think that's going to be what the one this season that i'm gonna just argue the fuck out of that anytime i see sabonis hate i don't like him. well it's a, you know it's it's the unreal expectation the guy is who he is how long has he been in the nba seven eight years he is who he is right so expecting this guy to come out and Oh, we need him to score 25. He needs to take more shots. That's not what he does. And again, that's what the problem with having your second best player is a guy who, you know, isn't a great defender and he's not a scorer. The guy rebounds. He bangs down low. He gives you second chance points. You know, he commands a, a double team on the block. That's what that guy does. But he he's a complimentary star, in my opinion. He's a complimentary guy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah he's an all-star but he's a low end all-star and he's, he's a key. He, he's a complimentary piece. He needs a guy who can create his own shot. He needs a guy who can go out and score 35 anytime he needs to. And he has that in deer and Fox. That's why him and deer and Fox are so effective together. But it, you know, if you're missing that other piece of that, what is he, you know, he, he's, you know, he's a below average shooter. You know, he, he's a guy that, you know, if they put two guys on him, he's got to pass the ball out. So he he needs that that compliment uh, on his side, or he's you know really takes away his offensive game. The rebound numbers will still be there, the assist numbers will still be there because that's what he does. But for him to score consistently, he's got to have that other guy to take the pressure off. And you know it's unfair that fans talk shit on that, and it's unfair that people are complaining about him. But he is who he is. We've known that all along. If you watch Kings basketball for the last two seasons, you know what Devonta Sabonis is. So how can you ask the guy to do something that he's not accustomed to doing? He's not even capable of doing. And to hate on him, being at that, he is an all-star. He is a legit rebounder. Passes the ball very well. Runs the court well. Is is very strong inside. Like that, you got to celebrate that too. And you can't bring him down because you want a little extra. And I think that's going to be a theme this season. I'm going to call out already right away, man. I pulled up an article about Darren Fox. Full is still going to be out, dude. They're saying he's not even going to play again. I think uh, he's still he's not going to play for a while. There's no timetable is what they're saying. So I, I don't know if, if I got to find something different, but. Yeah, just hopefully he comes back. Because you know what, though, too, as just a fan this early in the season, it, what's kind of a bummer about the season thus far is that, you know, you wait all off season to watch the Kings, and it sucks that this early it goes with the best player out, uh, and then you're kind of watching random dudes get minutes. Like, that's not – take away the wins. I think just as pure fun and excitement for the season, that's a little bit of a letdown already, which kind of sucks. It is fucking Keon. I had to watch Keon Ellis in the starting lineup yesterday. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know, you're taking that shit is seven games into the year. Really? The guy's off, you know, no, I guess it sounds like I'm hating no hate to the guy, right? You're in the, you're in the NBA, right? You played in, you played at Alabama. It's a good, pretty good basketball program and shit, but you're in no way, shape or form are a rotation guy in the NBA really on most of, on 90% of the teams. You're not. It is what it. It is what it is. You know, you're you're a G League guy. You know, you're a G League guy. You're, you know, uh, probably the twelfth man on the roster. Like, it's fucking frustrating watching that. That's where we're at already. That's where we're at. 
you know, but is that, I, well, let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. Yeah. Keep it moving. Yeah, I don't yeah. Really good, but yeah. That's the thing we're doing. Sometimes it's too, we can't blow our load all season, man, because we, we can't get caught up in the pre prisoners of the moments either. I feel you. You know, I think that's for, for a lot of people right now. Like at this point, you just, the Kings were good last year. Stay the course, see what happens. You know, uh, right here along the lines, Ryan. Okay. Someone says, we need to get rid of Herder. This, this is, dude, he's entering territory like Buddy Heald territory. But no matter what the fuck you do, everybody hates him for anything that he does. Someone says, we need to get rid of Herder. What a shame. He scored a 17. He should have scored 18. Sad. I agree with all his haters. Like it's so funny. <laughs> Should have scored eighteen. Nah, not good enough, dude. I think it's. I think fans are fucking hilarious, dude. It's reminding me of Buddy Healed again. Yeah, that was a wild time, man. The amount of hate that Buddy Healed got. That's really where the talk started of asking guys to do something that they're not capable of doing started. That's where this whole that when you said a couple years ago it was really was Buddy Healed. The shit they they tried to ask that guy to do that he's not capable of doing was ridiculous. And then fans would get mad about it. And it was like, bro, that's not that guy's game. So, yeah, with it, similar comparison. It's probably going to be the same exact thing with Herder. Yeah, he's an elite perimeter shooter. Like, that's what he was. Gets the ball off, does it. Like, you start asking him to drive to hoop? No. You start asking him to pass the ball? No. To dribble? No. Motherfucker, shoot, though. Stay behind the line. That's why I was, that's why I always liked uh, Buddy Hill. I, no, I still had no issue with Buddy Hill. Like, you know, imagine if Buddy Hill was replacing Herder right now on this team. Would what what, what, do you, what do you think that would look like? Do you think it'd be better? Fuck yeah, dude! It's Buddy Hield, man. That guy's at the end of the day, the guy's one of the best three point shooters in the history of the NBA. Some you can say whatever people say whatever they want. He's one of the best three point shooters in the history of the NBA. Fuck yeah, that guy would that guy would be there. Yeah, so he'd, you know he'd, be, he'd be hella good on this roster. Yeah, so that, that's kind of my point. Is like you know, but but at the end of the day, I was always, as you were always with Buddy Hill, I was always like, he is what he is. What are you, what are you tripping on? Like he is what he is. What are you expecting to do? Yeah, more? Why, why are you getting mad that he's turned the ball over and he puts the ball in the court? It's not his fault. They're asking him to do that. He played. He was playing thirty-two minutes a night, and people are getting mad. They're like, he turned the ball over. Why is he dribbling? Yeah, coaching staff's obviously asking him to do that because they would have yanked him, and he wouldn't be playing if he was. You know what I mean? If they didn't ask him to do that. Yeah. Um, well, so far the Kings are not having good luck with three point specialists. As far as fan being a fan of three point specialists, it's not working out right now. So I I, I don't know. As the season goes on, though, if, if this continues to trend and unfold, uh, th- then uh, we can talk a little bit more about what the Kings are doing. But it, it is a problem clearly that I want to address at some point, and we'll see what happens. Well, when you're a one trick pony, and you're not doing your one trick. That's a fucking problem. Sorry. It is what it is. So I, I kind of stand with the people on this one. You know, if you're a three-point specialist, be a three-point specialist. You know, they, there's a difference. You know, maybe you shoot 40% last year or whatever it was. You know, if you were shooting 34 to 35% right now, understandable. But I'm pretty sure he's shooting like 22% from three this year. That's drastic. He was like 20. I'll pull it up just to, for clarity. But I, I, I was like 28. I'll, hold on, I'll pull it up for one second. It's even so, that's drastic, dude. That is a huge drop off seven games in. Because how many threes have you? Sh- you know what I mean? That that's a huge amount. I can, like I said, I can understand 34. percent You know, three games in, you're shooting 30. percent It is what it is. But now we're getting a sample size, right? We're a month into the season. You know, almost seven games in, and go ahead. 28% he's shooting. Uh, he's, he's basically, he's 1.7 or 6 on an average. He's catching 6 a game. He's hitting about 1.5 a game. So, not good. Not good. That's not uh, good. And, 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 I, and I heard a stat that Whitey was talking about on the drive. It might have been Whitey. That the Kings are like at the top of the league of open three-pointers. Of like wide classified wide open three pointers. I, I think that's a real thing. We might have to look that up and clarify. But like Kings are at the top of the list in the league for wide open three pointers, and they're shooting this bad. That's bad. You know, I if contested threes, yeah. But if you're getting a, a an extreme amount of wide open threes and you're not hitting them, fucking problem, dude. Fucking problem. Uh, this is this is funny. Uh, Mike Brown says nobody's position is sacred after ball loss to the Rockets. Well, no, uh, no shit. I mean, but at the end of the day, where are you going to turn, dude? That's the thing. Who are you going to turn to? You know, I think what would excite Kingsland is if they put Malik Monk in the starting lineup. That fucks everything up. 
but that would excite Kingsland. I could see that happening if if this shit continues for another week. Do you think that's a thing? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he does what he does regardless, and he plays the same amount of minutes, so I don't think it matters as much. Um, you know, one thing we haven't talked about today. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Mike Brown coming out and saying that, but that's the point is like, where do you turn, dude? Like, you don't yeah, have many guys you can insert. Keon Ellis, man. What are you talking about, dude? Turn to Keon Ellis. True, man. Four points. Um, one thing that we haven't talked about, and I, and because we're, we're talking about shooting right now, but person we haven't talked about all season is Trey Lyles, right? That's a huge piece. And, you know, yeah, Trey Lyles, like nine points per game or something last year. Doesn't seem like much, but that's a guy who can score. That's another guy who you can come in off the bench and who can score and give the Kings some shooting. So you got to take that into effect when you think about the roster. Um, you know, you're missing a huge part of your team from last year. Uh, a guy that kind of plays a position of need as well. You know, if Harrison Barnes isn't hitting and Keegan Murray obviously isn't hitting, Trey Lyles is a guy that I believe if they've had, if they would have had him these last seven games, they probably win a game that they lost, right? And you're then you're looking at being, you know, four and three instead of three and four. Trey Lyles was clutch luck towards the end of last year, dude. Because he he's super he's super confident shooting that corner baseline three. Um, he gets inside as well. And he moves pretty well. I, I like Trey Laws. I think everybody does. Everybody a, like Trey yeah, he, yeah, he's he's a he's a good NBA player. He's one of those guys that you need on your roster. He's a role player. He knows his role, and and he's one of those guys that it's never too low, never too high, right? Like he's not going to come out and just completely shit the bed for ten games. He's just kind of that steady influence off the bench. You know, he'll come in and he'll get like fourteen or fifteen one game. Uh, but he's effective, right? And he he changes the way that the team plays because of his size and because of his uh, scoring ability. So, dang, you're putting a lot of uh, a lot a lot of uh, credit here to Trey Lyles. Because I, I I think it's it's a position of it's a position of need, right? Like everybody thought, you know, people thought coming over Sasha Vensenkov was gonna, you know, oh, he's just such a great shooter. He's this, he's that. He got a DNP last night, right? So if Sasha's not playing. And Trey Lyles is out. Who are you? Who do you turn to? Right? Who's playing those backup four minutes? You know, there was times last year where they played uh, Trey Lyles at the five. So who's getting those minutes? And nobody. That's what Keon Ellis is. You know what I mean? At the end, like that's what that's what this is getting turned into. Like these guys are. It's just kind of just trickling. It's a trickling effect, right? And a guy lower on the roster is getting those minutes because he's out. And if he was in, that's a guy that they could turn to to play. A lot of minutes, man. It really is. JaVale McGee got a DNP last night, and Sasha Vinzenkov got a DNP last night. Who the fuck played at the four and the five? The forward position definitely has been, but that's why Alex Lynn played. He got thir- 13 minutes, but Alex, Alex Lynn did in 13 minutes. 10.6 rebounds, one assist. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's Alex Lynn doesn't shoot three-pointers. Be wild. You see, his per, his per 36 is about to be wild, bro. <laughs> but, he, you know, he, he doesn't shoot three-pointers. He doesn't give that other element. He's not a scorer. All of Alex Lynn's points ha- are, 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 you know, either an offensive rebound that he puts back in or, you know, he just somehow got the ball in the block and got a bucket, right? Like, it, they're opportunistic points. He's not creating his own shot like Trey Lyles can. All I'm saying is nobody's really talking about it, and that's a guy that I think's missed more than people realize. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, I guess in anything to get the roster hold, dude. Kessler Edwards played, dude. I don't, we just don't break Kessler Edwards Oscar. played. He played 16 minutes. He didn't score. Yeah, what do you expect? That guy's a borderline NBA player. Yeah. <laughs> well, people fucking loved him last year. Hey, let's talk about the NBA real quick before we get out of here, because I, I I haven't talked about the NBA as a in a whole with you well, too much, man. Um, some fun things going on. The Clippers. That, that's a fun one. Clippers are trying to figure it out. Do you think they figured it out, or think that's kind of a fucked up mess? You do. Yes, I think they figured out because Paul George and Kawhi, uh, if they stay healthy, right? Like, obviously, if if they get hurt, it is what it is. But if those guys stay healthy, they just play that position, and they're both 3 and D dudes. You know, Kawhi can score from anywhere. Paul George can score anywhere. They're long, and they, they, they can shoot. So I do think they're unselfish. So I think they figure that out. Um, I, I think they'll be fine. The, the Dallas on on the Clippers, the Clippers though. Um, I think one of the things about getting James Harden that I I don't know I missed the take, but I haven't heard the take is 
James Harden can probably help them throughout the season because those motherfuckers miss so many games, dude. So it's like that what it'll kind of be. I'm thinking is if, if James Harden can play to a high level, he'll kind of carry them a lot. They they said that I I was I forget who it was, but somebody said that on ESPN. They're like he's here for the regular season to keep them afloat, and then when they get into the NBA, when they get to the NBA uh, playoffs, it's going to be you know Paul George and Kawhi show is is what it's going to be, you know and Having James Harden as your number three? Are you fucking kidding me? It's ridiculous, dude. The talent in the Western Conference is absolutely ridiculous, dude. It, it's it's a little unfair. <laughs> like you look at it, you're like, oh fuck, dude. Warriors are hella deep. Their second unit is ridiculous this year. Phoenix is hella deep if they can get healthy. The Clippers are hella deep. The Lakers are fucking deep. I don't care what anybody says. I I went and watched that team. They got dudes everywhere. Dallas is. Probably has the two best players and, you know, uh, two best guards in the Western Conference, you know, outside of Steph Curry. Um, I don't even fucking know. The fucking Wolves are balling. Anthony Edwards is playing basketball. New Orleans is better. Houston just kicked the shit out of us two games in a row. The fucking talent level is ridiculous around the Western Conference, man. Everybody except for San Antonio. Everybody except San Antonio. They fucking suck. You didn't even mention the... uh... Well, San Antonio is playing all right, three and five, not too far behind, man. Uh, the Jazz are surprising. That's a team who I thought would be a little bit better. They're two and seven, and it looks. I, I feel like it's going to trend there. Bad. Yeah. Well, bad. Though, dude, well they're, they're one, one and seven as well. You know, but go ahead. Sorry about the Jazz. They look. They look bad, dude. The Jazz are bad because there's just no fucking scoring there, dude. Hey, there's no. There's no wing scoring realistically. You know, like. They expect a lot from Jordan Clarkson, and he's kind of on that Malik Monk train, you know. But they, it's 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 really Lowry marketing, you know. I, I just don't see that. There's not enough guard scoring on that roster. But Memphis, first off, fuck Memphis. Um, me and you have been me and you have been on that hype for a minute. If you guys don't know, um, we have a problem with Memphis just because John Morant got crowned hella early as the the second coming. And uh, we thought De'Aaron Fox was better all along. And I stand by that still. But uh, what's hurting Memphis, Steven Adams is out. Steven Adams is out and you're missing John Morant. You know, if you're missing 40% of your starting lineup, that's that's rough, dude. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, and then you compensate. You know, you brought in guys like Derrick Rose is playing hella minutes for that team. Marcus Smart, they're not fucking scorers. You know, like Marcus Smart's not a scorer. That team just... Not enough shooting. You're missing 40% of your starting lineup. Good fucking luck. Fuck them. I'm glad, though. We talked about it, dude, going in into the year in our season preview. But, man, now that it's here and we're watching games and you're watching things play out, it, we talked about how talented the West was and how loaded it was and how close all the teams were. Dude, it is very much of, like, you got to show up and fucking ball out every night in the Western Conference or, or you're going to be like the Kings. You're going to have a rough week, a rough losing streak week. And that's happening to teams – um, right now, who are just you're just getting it, oh, and it's, I'm actually surprised still to see teams like the Mavericks and teams like the Nuggets that are just falling out like that, you know. And like you said, the Timberwolves, man, we'll see if that keeps up. But you know, uh, the Timberwolves is a dangerous one too because it's, we, you and I, love Anthony Edwards. We've always loved Anthony Edwards, you know. And it it, just, it was a matter of time. That guy just came into the league and was 20 points, but he was just straight scoring and not always efficiently. But it was a matter of time until that guy hits, starts to ascend and becomes uh, one of the best guards in the NBA, for sure. And and uh, I, don't, I wonder if that's going to happen this year. I don't know, man. I mean, that, that, that one's that, – that one, it's a good point, man. Talent fucking everywhere. And, and that's – dude, we're not even talking about the freaking Eastern Conference, you know, which is like its, own th- its own thing. But the Pacers are 6-3, and three, so everybody's fucking loving Halliburton again. Um, so there, that's, that's another talking point around the NBA. Um, I don't know, man. They'll fall off. They'll fall off. That's the thing. Everything sorts it out. That's why we said Christmas is a good barometer because at Christmas, how many games are we, are we at there? In the twenties, probably. More than that. You're seven games in. You're fucking thirty games in at least by Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is a good is a good way to see, you know, where where things are going to start to go, what direction they're going to go. You know, and that's the thing. You just got to make it or, and float around the middle for a while if that's where you're at and don't get too down. That's why right now, man, it's got to they got to kind of stop the bleeding. But we talked about it and they, they, you know, this was their little this was their little break. The Kings, it was their little break in the schedule. 
this was supposed to be it. You know, you had a couple, you had Rockets, Rockets, Blazers. I mean, I guess you can count the Thunder, but I don't count the Thunder as a break, but there's no breaks, but it's more, much of a break you're, you're going to get. But they have a massive uh, bunch of road games, dude, with against top teams. I think every team is, is ahead of them in the standings from November 17th all the way until December 2nd. And there's a ton of games in there. And, and so, ugh, oh man, rough, rough shit. Yep. I, so the, uh, you were asking the, the Christmas games, 30, I think it's 33 games. The Kings played. I was counting. That's why you're looking at me all funny. I was counting the Kings games till Christmas, like 33 games or something like that. But it is a good barometer. It's almost half the season. You know what I mean? If you don't know what you have by then, then get the fuck out of here. Let's talk about the Pacers real quick, Eric, cause you got me started, dude, because everybody fucking loves Halliburton. I'm sorry, but that team, I was looking at their roster right now. That team can't sustain that dude. Halliburton, Buddy Hield, Bruce Brown, Benedict Matherin. They just don't have the scoring, dude. They 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 don't have the scoring. They have one twenty point per game score. That's it. And, and he can't sustain that. So Pacers are one of those teams. They'll fall off, dude. They'll they'll be out of there. I hope so, because man, if the Kings if the Kings kind of go backwards and the Pacers ascend, it's gonna everyone's just gonna talk again. I, I don't know. He is averaging he is averaging twenty two point nine points and eleven point nine assists, dude. Ooh, up up the up the scoring a little bit, huh? He did. He did. Seven games in the season. Well, it's crazy. Uh, Giannis dropped fifty four tonight against the Pacers, and they still fucking lost. It's wild. Fifth player, fifth player to score fifty points in a loss. Really? That's that. Marcus Cousins the other one. I talked about that. The game uh, I went to. Did they lose that? They beat. The they lost that Portland one. Yeah, they lost that Portland game when he scored fifty and he came running back into the tunnel after they thought he got ejected. They lost that game. And I was at a fifty-point game. I talked about it on the last episode uh, uh, against the Hornets. Yeah, so one. Yeah, man, interesting, man. Well, all right, man. Uh, fun to talk about for sure. I I hope that things trend in a in a better direction over the next couple weeks. But we laid it off for you guys, so uh, keep coming back and and and. Uh, listening to us. So we appreciate you guys listening in as always. If you ever want to interact with our show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Uh, we're pretty active on our group Kingsland. Check that out. Uh, voice your opinions in there. If you want to support the show, slide down on Apple Podcasts and slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It helps us in the algorithm reach more Kings fans just like you. And as always, check us out on the Belief Podcast Network where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kangs. Kangs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.